Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Fight fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps with Behind the Gloves in association with our betting partners, BOSR. And I'm joined now with Ben Davison. Benjamin. Didn't get to catch up with you um, after Josh Taylor's big win. Congratulations to the team. Thank you. How's it feel? I mean, you took part in, in history. Yeah, obviously, like, my passion as a coach is to help the fighters achieve their dreams, and Josh achieved one of his dreams on the weekend. So, yeah, obviously ecstatic and over the moon and um, very pleased for Josh to, to be able to achieve what he's achieved there. Mm -hmm. It's a remarkable feat. In such a short amount of time, I mean, I think the guy just touched home or touched down back at home, and he's already got the likes of Teofimo and his dad calling him out. Uh, Senior said that he believes that Josh is going to pussy out. He's not going to take the fight, and rather, uh, Teofimo said himself that he believes that he'll move up to face Terence Crawford because he believes, I guess, that's an easier fight than fighting Teofimo. Just ridiculous comments um did you see josh's response to the interview no oh where's my phone oh the tweet i did see the tweet um where he used the c word did he yeah okay. <laughs> um, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna repeat that yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous comments like how can you claim for josh to be scared to fight someone when Josh has, he went into a tournament not knowing, not being able to pick and choose who he was fighting. Mm -hmm. Come through victorious on that. Um, boxed in a, a, you know, dangerous unknown tie in his IBF mandatory defence, straight into becoming undisputed. Um, yet Tiafimo, I like Tiafimo, good fighter as well. But he hasn't cleared up. Be, like he's going on like the, he's undisputed at lightweight in the lightweight division it's just not the case and it just baffles me well anyone brings that up that there you know there is Devin Haney um he gets really upset about it because he feels who gets upset about it uh Teofimo and his father clear it up then 
What does the meaning, what, is, what does undisputed mean? Please answer that question. What does it mean? Well, I mean... That there's no there's, dispute? Right, right. It's, it's, Have you uh, it ever heard of so much dispute over an undisputed champion? No, because he's not undisputed. He hasn't cleared that up. Like, clearly there's that much dispute that he's not undisputed. Whatever he believes, anything like that, like... The reality is, and these are the facts, that Lomachenko became the franchise champion. The franchise champion was not recognised as the WBC champion. Devin Haney is the WBC lightweight world champion. If you go on BoxRec, Tiafimo's fight against Lomachenko does not clarify that he is the WBC world champion or the WBC world championship was on the line in that fight because it wasn't. The franchise title was. Now, when the franchise title come out, I reiterate, people, it was declared that it is not the WBC lightweight championship of the world. It's a franchise title, and I can't answer what that exactly means, but it's not the WBC lightweight championship. Mm -hmm. Therefore, even on BoxRec, he is not the undisputed champion. Mm -hmm. That's why there's so much dispute about it. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in any funny way, because I do like oh, him. Yeah. Like He's a good lad and a, and, a, and a good fighter, but that's just, that, that's just the facts. Well... Tiafimo said in a tweet and in interviews yesterday that he wants Devin Haney next. You're now working um, in De Devin Haney's corner. Uh, is it safe to say that you're like co-training or? I'm working alongside his father. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that for a minute there, everyone assumes that you were mm. like replacing his father. No. Like his dad has brought him up from a young man, from, from, from a lad up mm -hmm. to a young man. Developed him to be the youngest world champion um, in current boxing, as well as developing as as a man outside of boxing, um, and that that can't be replaced, never will be replaced. His dad's also his manager um, and direct, helps direct his career. They work together, mm -hmm. um, and along the way they've worked with. A lot of other coaches as well. So, um, but how did that come about? Like, how were you just, approached? Just I, um, I saw Devin in the gym and he basically punched up two sparring partners quite badly. And I'm quite soft-hearted, so I was <laughs> sort of saying to the sparring partners, "Oh, next time maybe if you try this, if you try that." And Devin looked across the gym and went, "Coach, can I get some of that work?" Come over, asked me what I thought. I told him what I thought. He called his dad over and we had a conversation and then left and then just stayed in contact and um, and then asked me about working uh, working with him alongside of him for this fight. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a, a pretty big fight. It's, it's a big test for uh, Devin Haney. Jorge Linares is obviously the veteran here um, coming in as, you know, the, the man with mo the most experience. And I know that Jorge is looking at this as sort of his one last shot at a world title before he hangs up the gloves. Just what do you think of the fight overall? Yeah, for sure. Like like what you said there, Jorge Linares is a top quality operator. Mm -hmm. So when Devin wins on the weekend, he deserves all the all the props. Um, I just think it says everything that the bookies and people are almost saying that, you know, Linares is a stepping stone for Devin Haney, who's 22 years old. That just says everything about about his talent potential and how highly people rate him. Um, but, you know, Lunar is maybe 34, 35, but 
you know, his skill set is his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, all that experience he soaked up through the years, um, he's still a top quality operator. So, like I say, when Devin wins on the weekend, he deserves all the props. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody else in the lightweight division if they was boxing Linares that people would have it such a, or the bookies would have it so, so one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like internally, does Teofimo's name come up ever? Because I know that people genuinely want to see that fight be made next. I mean, obviously, you know, the Lopez's would love to move up to face Josh if they could. But we know that Josh has a mandatory to face first. Um, and he said that he plans to do the right thing by doing that because he did step aside and allow for the undisputed to happen. So uh, is there some sort of like internal conversation that's going on that Devin Haney would want Teofimo next? Because he's looking to mandate it. All the focus is on Jorge Linares. Um, and what I will say is it's not my job to direct Devin's career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't comment on that. What I will say is obviously from what I've seen and conversations that have been had, obviously they certainly would like um, to make that fight. I'm very confident in that fight. Mm-hmm. However, all the focus is on Jorge Linares for Saturday and... Yeah, like I say, you know, it's not my place to to talk about what direction his career goes in. Um, Circling back around to Josh Taylor, when can we anticipate that he's going to come back? Um, Whether that be like just even just training? Yeah, I don't know. I contacted contacted MTK um, this morning just asking about the situation there Mm -hmm. because obviously, as you could see, his hand Mm -hmm. um, suffered. But it's uh, not broken, is it? We don't know yet. I personally don't think it is, but I'm not a doctor, so um, I can't confirm that. So I contacted MTK just to see what the situation is there because he did pick up a hand injury in the fight. Um, So just waiting to hear back there about the situation because I I believe it was like a 90-day thing, but obviously Mm -hmm. with an injury, you know, he needs the time to be able to let that recover before starting training. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just just waiting to hear. Mm Mm-hmm. And just your thoughts overall about Jack Catterall? Jack's a really nice lad. Jamie Moore's a quality trainer um, and a top fighter himself back in the day. Um, I've actually done a little bit of work with Jack a few years back, just a couple of days when we was in Marbella. You know, he's a really nice lad. He come over and showed support for Josh, and he was actually, you know, around the team mm-hmm. going into the, the, the Ramirez fight. You know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's a sport. It's a boxing match. It's a fight. And... Um, I'm sure it'd be all respect until probably fight week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we actually haven't had the chance to talk about the Wilder arbitration yeah. and the whole change-up in the landscape of the heavyweight scene. Uh, what What are your your thoughts? It's a shame in terms of for the boxing world. Obviously, they wanted to see the Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua fight. Um, I know that some people saying, oh, you know, they knew that this was going to happen. Like, nobody knew this was going to happen. The reality, the, the reality is, if it had been left so long, especially with the WBO situation where they needed to know for the Usyk Joyce situation, mm-hmm. um, that it got left so long that the WBO was like, we can't wait any longer. The fight's got to be made. You've got to fight your, your, your mandatory and Usyk. So, obviously, the teams have tried to get things in place with the expectation that Wilder wouldn't win this arbitration. Mm. Because if they had waited, 
and then Wilder had lost his arbitration, then it was too late. People would have been like, right. why wasn't things being done in the background? You know, everybody knew that he wasn't going to win the arbitration, blah, blah, blah. Because you know what the narrative is now, right? Well, go on, I haven't followed it. So the narrative now is that Tyson Fury and his team knew all along that the fight was never going to happen. Yeah, this is and what that, I'm saying. That, yeah, exactly. So nobody knew that Wilder was going to win that arbitration. To be honest with you, I think most people would admit that if there was a, a better man, that they would probably bet against Wilder mm. not winning. Um, <laughs> uh, or winning, should I say. And, you know... Both sides tried to do the best to have things in place in case he, Wilder did lose the arbitration. They could make that fight as quickly mm -hmm. as possible for the boxing world. Mm -hmm. However, unfortunately, Wilder won that arbitration. There's nothing that anybody can do about that. So it is what it is. But, you know, one thing that is positive coming out of the situation is I'm sure that after both guys deal with their next fight, that most things will probably be in place for, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. all the nitty gritty by the sounds of it. Uh, in the dealings and the contracts and negotiations will probably already be done. So Eddie Hearn seems to be very surprised by it all. Like he seems to feel like he was, and, and I'm not quoting him, but sort of like blindsided by the outcome of the situation. In terms of? Of the possibility that there was still a chance that Wilder could have won arbitration. Everybody everybody knew that that was going on, though. Did you know that was yeah, going on? Yeah, I knew. On? That's why I kept asking. In fact, he asked me during an interview. He, This is when we were back in London. He goes, do you know something I don't know? Because you keep asking about arbitration. And I said, no, I'm just asking because I know that realistically, you can't make a fight without knowing the, the legal outcome of the situation first. Yeah, so everybody knew that arbitration was there. Just like I said previously, I don't think anybody expected Wilder to, to win that arbitration, but he has. It's unfortunate for the boxing world. But like I say, everybody tried to put things in place in case, as expected, he lost that arbitration, mm -hmm. that the fight could be made. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But like I say, hopefully, it sounds like they got very pretty much there in terms of negotiation so when they both deal with their next opponents there's not much to go through to, before having to being able to make that fight mm -hmm. does that make sense no it makes sense i was about to say do you need to take a breath <laughs> <laughs> i was like you got all that information out before taking a breath um good set does, of lungs <laughs> does wilder have a chance in your opinion at beating uh tyson fury this time around i'm a very uh what's the word Optimistic. Realistic and respectful coach, always, of the opponent's strengths and weaknesses. And that man can punch like a horse kicking. Doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Doesn't change a thing. I think that there's a chance that he'll probably look at it like, I can't outbox this man. I can't manhandle him. It's a case of me or you, three or four rounds. Mm -hmm. If he comes out letting his hands go, that has to be respected because mm -hmm. he can punch extremely hard and extremely fast. It's a dangerous approach, but I think it's, you know, if he's realistic with himself, how is he? How does he go about beating Tyson? He has to land a shot, and to land a shot, you have to let your hands go. So maybe he comes out with it, with the intentions of, you know, a high punch output. And if he does that, like I say, it has to be respect, respect, respected because of how hard he can punch. Mm -hmm. Will he be able to maintain that? No. But could that that approach from Wilder affect the way Tyson goes about the fight. I think it'd be silly if it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but well, still, Tyson's too versatile. Okay. Well, we know that's happening July 24th here in Las Vegas. Will you be here for that? I'm going to try to. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, any update from Billy Joe? No, not yet. Um, obviously, I'll go back on Sunday, so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll pop over and see him next week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, someone put up a post of or screenshot of some sort of Insta story he's done, and they didn't see any bruising or anything going on. But then again, he was wearing glasses, so he looks to be healing nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Must be all that gypsy food. <laughs> Uh, and another question I have for you, Errol Spence Jr. versus Manny Pacquiao shocked everyone last week when the news came out. I was announced. impressed with the way they went about that. Very impressed. <laughs> it was like no talk about it. None. Wallop. Hold that. None. Liked Airtight. It. I know. Airtight. Uh, what do you think of the fight? Yeah, brilliant fight. Obviously, Manny Pacquiao's getting on now, but... Like I said, same about Jorge Linares. He'll be, still be dangerous. It wasn't long ago before he put on a fantastic performance against Keith Furman. Mm -hmm. One thing that I think could be a problem for Manny is the fact that Spence is a southpaw, so obviously usually he's used to um, the lead hand being there and blocking the path. A little bit, It's a little bit more difficult to get your jab off, whereas Spence being a southpaw, I think that Spence will be able to get his jab off a little bit easier than, um, than uh, if he was an orthodox, and that could end up, you know, helping Spence close the gap a bit on, on, on Manny and Spence is obviously a big, strong, top quality fighter. So down the stretch, I could end up playing, playing a, uh, a part, but it'd be interesting to see, cause you know, don't know what, what Manny's got left. If he's been training, mm -hmm. if he's just getting off the couch, as they say for, for this one. So it'd be an interesting one, but, um, well, I mean, we know he has a day job. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's, that's exactly what I said. What I said, um, <laughs> But Spence is obviously a qualifier. You almost ate shit there, Andrew. Yeah. Nearly. Nearly. <laughs> hey, she fell hey. over. <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to say that the general consensus is that Errol Spence Jr. is going to win the fight. Yeah, that would, that would probably, you know, you would probably expect that. But... Manny, as good as he is, you know, he's certainly not to be written off, that's for sure. No, absolutely. But father time is a real thing. Yeah, of as course As good as you is. might look. And that's why I think that Spence being a southpaw and being able to get his show, I think down a stretch that'll end up playing a, playing a part because he'll end up being able to yeah. physically impose himself a bit more with father time being mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. um, down the stretch. But especially the first four or five rounds would certainly be interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one last thing I forgot to ask you. I've been saying that for the last four questions. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim Bradley, during the, what was it, what would you call it, the fighters meetings? Yeah. Right? There seemed to have been some sort of, like, resistance coming, like, as if he didn't believe that Josh could stop him i mean i don't want to put words out of anyone's mouth here but can mm. you sort of explain because we only got like snippets of what yeah. they gave us in the I editing i haven't seen it but obviously i was in there okay so what what was that whole thing about because i know that when i did an interview with tim um I, there's comments now saying like this didn't age too well because they said that you know josh was going to get clipped and that was going to be that yeah I, I, I wouldn't say like I think that Tim was just doing his job to get a line out of Josh that he wanted he wanted to get. Um, he probably didn't expect Josh to be able to hurt Ramirez like he did, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a bit like I actually said to him and him and Andre Ward afterwards. I said people didn't really expect him to beat 
Marquez didn't really expect him to beat Pacquiao. Didn't really expect Wall to be able to stop Kovalev, but it happened because mm. they believed it. Mm. Um, and I'd said all along in fight week that Josh will use Ramirez's aggressiveness against him. And that's what he done. Mm -hmm. And Josh is too sharp on the counter, too sharp of a puncher and punches too hard to be reckless on the way in. And at times, Ramirez is reckless coming in. Uh, the idea of the judges scoring it uh, the way that they did, I, the, I, I, what did you think of that? I yeah, mean, the idea heard, that if he didn't have the two knockdowns. Yeah, when I heard one fourteen, I was like, no way, not again. And then, <laughs> not again. yeah, and then I heard one forty, one twelve, and I thought, okay, but yeah. I've sat back on and scored it on my phone. I'm going to watch it back properly tonight. I've got the full thing upstairs, mm -hmm. so I'm going to watch that back on my iPad, iPad tonight. Um, on, from my phone, I had it 116, 117 to 111. There was a round in there that I scored even, but could have gone either way. Um, so being unbiased, give it to, to Ramirez. Um, that, that was what I had. Um, there was a couple of rounds there where I said this to Josh straight after the fight where Josh sort of controlled the round and Ramirez had tried to finish strong. But if you're looking at the actual picture of the round, like mm -hmm. you can't win 20 seconds of the last 20 seconds and win a round mm -hmm. realistically. Um, I know that people always say, oh, it's the last thing the judges remember and whatnot. But if you're actually <laughs> looking at the round and scoring around, there's three minutes of boxing to mm -hmm. score. So, um, yeah, that's how I scored it. I saw... Um, I couldn't tell you what company it was, but they said that there was over 700 scorecards put in and the average was 115, 111. Mm. So um, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Josh come out victorious, the right man won, so I'm not going to complain too much. One thing I will say, actually, Kenny Bayliss has received quite a bit of stick. Um and obviously the count was a little bit long. I think that it could have been a little bit smoother. But in his defence in the change room, he did say, if you come out of the neutral corner too early before I call you out, I will be putting you back to the neutral corner, which means that your opponent will get longer to time mm -hmm. to recover. So um, he did say that. So just clearing that up. Because um, I know he's received a lot of stick, but, you know, it's, the, yes, there was quite a bit of time. But look, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it made for a great fight. Jose was really hurt and still showed a lot of will, strength, um, a lot of conditioning, heart, chin, desire to still um, carry on after those two knockdowns as well. So he deserved to finish the fight as well. Jose said something about, and I cannot recall verbatim, but I know that he said somewhere along the lines of, and this was post-fight, that he felt he would have won if he didn't have the two knockdowns. Right, so let's just have something... Not not saying that he's talking nonsense, because I respect him, but the, what happened with the two knockdowns... Said it all along, going to use his aggression against him, yeah? yeah? That's what happened. He stepped it, Josh fainted him, triggered him off, took a step back, caught him with a shot. He Ramirez went over. Let's say that it didn't happen in that round. Who's to say that he wasn't even more reckless a round or two down the line and Josh caught him with a flusher shot and put him straight out? Mm -hmm. You can't look at things like that mm -hmm. because what happened was he then become a little bit more hesitant to rush in, um, which means that there was moments where Josh could have then been first a little bit more, mm -hmm. but he wasn't. Um, 
I think he was looking for one single shot then, Josh, after that. But, um, you know, if, buts, maybes, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, what happened, happened. Mm -hmm. Who's to say, like I say, that he didn't rush in more recklessly in the next round of Josh Corton with a flush of shot? Yeah. So it changed, that, that was a fight-changing moment because Ramirez knew, hold on, I can't just rush in recklessly. Mm -hmm. There was still moments where, and that's that's another thing, actually, I'm getting right into it now, aren't I? <laughs> I've been waiting for this bit. <laughs> <laughs> a few people said, and uh, Andre Wolf did say it, and uh, he probably just didn't understand what I mean, where, uh, you know, it was almost like I was calling for Josh just to see the fight through. But actually going into the last, you can hear it on the broadcast, I'd said to Josh, he will be more reckless now, knowing I'm behind on the cards, I've got to finish strong, which meant that he was going to be overly aggressive, going to force things, which meant that it was there for Josh again to let him fall onto the shot. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for Josh just to close to, close to see the fight out and coast to the finish. Um, I was actually encouraging Josh to let him run in, and let, similar to the sixth round knockdown, to see that happen again, mm -hmm. just to clarify. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean it this time, Ben. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm done with my topics. All okay. right. I appreciate your time, as usual. But no, seriously. Uh, congratulations to you and the team. Massive, massive accomplishment. But you know, now there's going to be an even bigger target on Josh's For back. Sure. I just want to say as well. Um, obviously, we prepared Josh um, for the fight, but there's a lot of people that have played their part in the. In the build-up to Josh being able to achieve what he achieved, his family, mum, um, father, sister, um, his fiance Danielle, um, his coach and mentor Terry McCormack, mm -hmm. obviously Shane McGuigan as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people that have played a part in Josh being able to get to where he's got to. Mm -hmm. How honourable of you to say, to include, should I say? <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. right though, isn't it? It was like, it was the same people would always, oh, oh, nearly kicked your camera over there. People would always say with a Tyson comeback, like, oh, you know, blah, blah, give me the credit. But I used to say then as well, you know, there's a lot of people, his wife, his family, mm -hmm. his kids, uh, brother, his dad. The mental support. Uh, yeah. Lots of support in lots of different ways, even mm -hmm. if he's cooking meals or, you know, just supporting him in many different ways. Um so, yeah, there's lots of people that play a part along the way. Obviously, a lot of the time the coach gets the credit or sometimes mm -hmm. gets the brunt of it as well. But, um, yeah, there's lots of people that help the fighters achieve and get to where they get to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, congratulations and thank you for your time. And we'll see what happens this weekend where we'll be able to sort of discuss what what's next, whether, you know, if Haney's successful against Linares, we could potentially rest the undisputed talk and maybe get that fight so that's what needs to happen yeah i agree all right well I oh guess you agree there oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well i'll speak with you later this week then ben appreciate it look at you are you waiting on ben too mm-hmm popular man this one all right bye bye fans Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.